1: Hi, I'm Matthew Appleby, Horticulture Week's editor, and today for Horticulture Week's podcast, I'm with Countrywide Ground Maintenance's Managing Director, Paul McEwen. Now, Paul is an expert in grounds maintenance and horticulture, having forged his career path in the industry ever since he left school. Before joining Countrywide, Paul held the Managing Director role at PHS Greenleaf, where he directed multiple operational processes of the group's portfolio. And before this, Paul worked at Floratech as UK operations director. So welcome, Paul.
2: Thank you, Matt. Nice to be here.
1: Brilliant. Now, so, Paul, how did you um, get into the industry?
2: Uh, I started uh, as an apprentice gardener uh, way back when. I I won't give you which year that was, Matt. Uh, but as a young boy, I had asthma quite badly. So I went to a residential school. And in this residential school, uh, my favourite topic of the week was looking after the allotments. Uh, and so when I, left, when I left the school, most of my mates uh, up in the northeast at the time were joining the shipyards. Uh, and that was never something I really fancied doing. I always wanted to be working outside. So an opportunity came up to join the local authorities and Apprentice Gardener, uh, and that's what I did. And I've been in the industry ever since.
1: Ah, oh, brilliant. I detected a tinge of a northeast accent <laughs> there. People yeah. often tell me, that's me if I'm a, I'm a Geordie, but I'm not. I'm from Cumbria. But you're, whereabouts are you from over the other side?
2: Yeah, I'm from uh, a little place called Hebbin, uh, oh. which is sort of halfway between Newcastle and, and South Shields.
1: Oh, brilliant. No, I saw that. Proper um, Geordie. Well, I saw my team, Carlisle United, beat heaven the other day. Um, How early, did you? In a, in a preseason warm-up. But, <laughs> so they should. There were a few divisions higher. Yeah. Anyway. anyway yeah. <laughs> moving on from, from um, obscure Northern football.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> and I so haven't mentioned my team yet. Who's your team? Sunderland.
1: Ah oh, right, well we're yeah. not obscure Europe northern football there. We're in the big league yeah. anyway. I hope they get promoted this season. I'm sure they will. <laughs> After missing out, no, yeah. No, let's, not talk, let's not again. talk it. Let's not talk any more about yeah. that again. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Right, let's go into countryside and their journey. And so, what are the what are the goals for the future at countrywide grounds maintenance? Where where are you heading?
2: i think the the goals for for our future is to continue to to grow to to increase our our revenues and to increase our footprint throughout the u k and to continue to offer additional services to our our wide customer base and i think we're quite unique in our coverage you know we have forty six uh, different locations throughout the u k so we have real UK-wide coverage, including Scotland, including Wales, and including you know way down in Devon and Cornwall. So I think the opportunities are there for us to continue our growth. Um, and, and, and that's where you know, I, th- I think offering more service to our existing customers as well as adding new customers is where I see the opportunity with, with Countrywide. What sort of new services can you offer? Well I think certainly at the moment we're offering things like grounds maintenance. I think we can increase our portfolio of specific landscape projects. We can increase our portfolio of winter maintenance projects and I think there's other opportunities uh, in the interior plants division uh even supplying Christmas trees. I think it's another possible opportunity that we could we could look at. Uh, in addition, hanging baskets, summer bedding, again is another growth area where I think we can we can offer that service to our existing and new clients.
1: Great, it sounds like there's plenty of chances to uh, grow the business there. But how did the business get on in the last uh, year and a half through the crisis of the pandemic?
2: Well, again, I, I think very similar to our industry, I, I think countrywide survived really well uh, through the pandemic. Obviously. You know horticulture and grounds and and the maintenance of the landscapes were seen as a as a vital tool for the country through through lockdown people having the opportunity to go out and visit parks and gardens was really a lifesaver for for a lot of people so we continued offering all our services throughout the uh, lockdown throughout the pandemic uh, and all the while You know, some customers were closing or weren't in their offices or weren't in their schools. You know, the grounds maintenance still required being done, still required completion. And we just carried on working. We obviously put in place um, the appropriate safety measures, uh, and particularly in relation to teams and teams going out and single teams and vans as opposed to double teams. The usual measures with with hygiene and, and face masks. But we're really lucky in our industry to continue to to serve our customers throughout the last year and a half.
1: Now, that's good news. And how close are things to getting back to normal now?
2: Well, yeah, it's getting, it's gradually and gradually getting back to normal, um, not without its difficulties. You know, there's there's some restrictions around visits, particularly around schools, that we've had to be flexible and work around. But certainly, uh, normality is gradually returning. Um, And and I guess once offices are fully populated, um, then we will be back to, to, I guess, up to full speed. Uh, We're not quite there yet. Hospitality, obviously, is again reopening slowly now. Um, So, yeah, I I think the industry is, is in a really good place to bounce back.
1: Brilliant. Now, uh, I know you've got a, a new structure um, to do with Community First, so can you tell us a bit more about that?
2: Well, again, I, I think one of our one of our real USPs, Matt, is the fact that we do have 46 um, locations throughout the UK where we work, and our regional managers are local people in, employed in the local area, they are employing local people. So they're investing back in into the into the local community we're recruiting we're spending money in the local community and then we also like to get involved in any sort of social you know community-based projects uh, wherever we can for instance we've we've done you know provide work experience and garden lessons for for people with special news uh, special needs students something that's really close to my heart because I actually have two boys who, are, who have special needs. So to get involved in projects like that is is a really a really a real plus for me. Um, and we've also been involved in providing um, staff to, uh, to community centers, uh, community hospitals, and providing staff free labor and also providing the equipment and, and materials. So it's an area, again, I think you know local communities, we like to get heavily involved in, you know, and because we cover the whole of the UK with our forty-six network of, of regional managers, it makes perfect sense to get involved in the community.
1: Oh, that's brilliant. That's really giving something back. Um, now, just moving on, um, our most recent podcast was with Adrian Wickham and Tessa Johnston from Bali, and it was a talk- We were talking about. In- increasing diversity in the industry and i know that's something that you're interested in too so how are you going about um doing that
2: well i think it's um I, I, for me starting off as, as an apprentice um i i think it's uh really looking at how do we attract people into the industry um you know linking up with with colleges and putting in specific training programs to attract people linking up with schools to attract people into the industry. And also where I've been involved before in, in a previous role is getting getting involved with, with offenders, so people on parole or previous offenders and giving them the opportunity to get back into employment and access and training. So we're really looking very closely at, at that.
1: Oh, that sounds good. So How, how have you found um, recruitment recently? How, how have you managed with that?
2: Really, really difficult. This year has been has been really difficult. I, I think recruitment in our industry has been difficult for a long time. Hence our sort of uh, prior year apprenticeships and training. But this year has been really difficult, um, and I'm not sure if it's a fallout from the pandemic or a fallout from the furlough scheme still being in place. We have certainly found uh, it difficult to uh, recruit staff this year.
1: And are there any solutions you've you've got for that? Any other ideas that you've you've managed to um, get around that uh, recruitment problem with?
2: I, I think it's just. I, I think it's it's bringing fresh blood into the industry. I think it's looking outside of the box. Um, you know, we've discussed the apprenticeship scheme, but it's also looking at mature, mature students mm. or mature people, and people looking for a career change. Uh, and really, you know, showing ourselves to be an attractive alternative industry for people to come into and ensuring that we give them the appropriate training and insight into the industry to try and attract them.
1: Oh, yeah. And that, uh, that ex-offender pathway is interesting. How, how do you go about that? What, how, how do you manage that one?
2: Well, it's it's, it's, link, it's linking up with the, with the appropriate employment agencies who have links into, into prisons. Um, when I was in the previous role, we actually carried out maintenance, the grounds of maintenance of, of a lot of prisons. So it was an easy add-on to then start talking to, you know, people that were coming up for parole and getting them involved in the maintenance of the prison and also, you know, taking them to, to other prisons and getting them involved in the maintenance there. So it's, it's quite an easy add-on and, and link up. Uh, and it's, it's, about, it's about engaging with the right partners to, to really drive that
1: forward. Ah, Right, okay, well that's certainly a, a, an interesting route that people can think a bit more about. Now another thing you're doing, which I guess um, maybe cuts manpower a bit, is using more electric machinery. So uh, what are you doing? How are you, how are you going about that one?
2: Well, again, we're we're just looking at at everything, um, I I guess from, this sounds corny, from from a root and branch review of what equipment we're using, um, what effect that has on staff health and safety-wise, what effect it has on the vibration, and then trying to switch to uh, battery-operated or electric-powered machinery. You've got, obviously, the uh, environmental impact of not using uh, you know, petrol or, or two-stroke, but also the impact it has on the machinery user as well and the amount of time that they can use it. So we're looking at uh, contract by contract, region by region, and carrying out an assessment of where we can replace um, traditional hedge trimmers, strimmers, mowers, and replace them with battery or electric-operated machinery
1: yeah now, I know a lot of our listeners and readers would want to know how you go about choosing which brands of machinery um you use so how how do you do how do you go about that
2: well we 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 do an assessment we do an assessment of the machine we obviously have close relationships and link up with with dealers so we look at all the the data for each of this machinery um the the vibration you know obviously cost is, is a factor leg span is a is a factor uh maintenance is a factor so we carry out an assessment of all this machinery in in talk in you know talks with with the dealers uh and then we pick the the best machine that we think for for that particular job
1: ah brilliant now i know that um barley and other organizations have been working hard looking at what size the industry could be if there was appropriate government investment including appropriate government investment in in training um and you've got a commitment to educating the next generation so can you tell us a, a bit more about that how how you are planning to get that next generation um fully up to speed and up to spec with with what they need to know
2: well we 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 obviously we you know we're barley members so we link closely and we work with uh, with barley on schemes such as apprenticeships um and there's obviously there's, there's a new Apprenticeship formula for uh, ground maintenance and for horticulture. So we link into that and, and use those criteria and guidelines as well. And I guess our aim here is to have an apprentice on every contract that we maintain. So, as I said earlier, 46 locations throughout the UK, um, numerous contracts with various clients within that. And we will obviously link up with colleges, schools um and the appropriate horticultural colleges to to attract those apprenticeships and then train them three train them through and i think it's it's a, important to have a clear career path for these apprentices as well so you've got a plan of where these apprentices are going to go and where they're going to end up and i think that would would certainly make it a, a more attractive market as for the industry as a whole and and you know the investment from from government. Again, I think it's got to be a joined up approach approach with you know uh, uh, leading leading people like barley so we can actually attract the right people into the industry. Um, to you know, and and I think again, you know, the pandemic has shown what an important industry it, it is, and that's shown over the last twelve months. And hopefully, that will stand us in good stead as we as we look to attract new entrants.
1: Now, that's all good news. Now, coming towards the close, what we always ask in the Horticulture uh, <laughs> Week podcast this is... It's a tough
2: one. It's a tough oh, one. Oh, it's
1: what, what, what plant would you take to a, a desert island? That's what we're asking. Paul, can you, can you give us what you think you would be with unable to survive without on a desert island?
2: Mine's going to be a very boring one, I, I think. But I, I started my career, as I said earlier, as an apprentice, and I worked in the glasshouses and the greenhouses... Um, uh, where we used to grow lots of plants and lots of bedding plants, um, and then involved lots of times in planting out massive bedding schemes. And my favorite, my favorite plant is actually flower. It's always been the geranium. Um, and every every house I've moved to, every garden I've done, I've always had lots of geraniums. Uh, my board has and pots are full of geraniums now, as we speak. Uh, and I don't think I could go to a desert island without a geranium or a, um, a, a probably a, some sort of book or history of Sunderland Football Club as well, i take them both
1: <laughs> it's History of Sunderland Football Club and I've,
2: I've been to Brunton Park a few times Matt as well
1: well, we we um, nurtured Charlie Wyke, who sadly has now left Sunderland. But uh, yeah. what, what a great striker he was! But anyway, he's 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 off to Wigan now, crikey! So uh, God, yeah. God knows why he's gone there.
2: Well, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Excellent. So a geranium, what a great choice! And um, forty-six locations and opportunities looking ahead uh, for countrywide grounds maintenance. Um, having managed and coped during a pandemic um, and now look into the future. So um, everything's looking looking good there. So thank you very much to Paul McEwen, and um, I'm Matthew Appleby. And thanks very much for listening to the uh, Horticulture Week podcast. And um, make sure you never miss one because um, you can subscribe to or follow Horticulture Week podcasts via Apple iTunes, Spotify or Google Podcasts or your preferred podcast platform. So once again, thanks very much for listening, and goodbye until next time.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods